guys. Welcome back to another week of the Rev MD podcast. This week, we're going to talk about administration fees or admin fees and everything there is to know since this sin- tends to be a trend we're seeing where there are cash fees that practices are starting to charge patients for special access. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the different types of admin fees and different types of cash pay stuff that gets added on to an insurance practice. We all know that there's been a trend where we're trying to cover increasing health costs, right? Practices, their costs are increasing, salaries and wage are increasing, supplies cost is increasing, yet insurance reimbursement really isn't keeping up with that trend. If anything, it's going in the opposite directions. So we really want to understand what is out there in terms of trends to be able to kind of offset some of those administrative costs of healthcare that do continue to increase in terms of costs and how we can apply that. Now, as always, this is an educational podcast where I share my opinion on topics and stuff that is out there on the internet that anybody can go and find. If your practice is considering any changes regarding admin fees, absolutely recommend reviewing your payer contracts and working with your legal teams to make sure that that is appropriate. So this week, we're going to talk about charging patients additional fees for essentially being a patient in your office outside of what you typically bill to insurance. We will discuss different types of fees that are becoming more popular. Now, I'm not going to spend any time really talking about true cash-only practices or direct primary care practices, which are typically you know, non-insurance based and truly just cash based. All right. First, let's talk a little bit about terms and types of fees, because there are different types of fees that patients can be charged, and they really aren't all identical. And there's actually been quite a bit of debate as to whether these fees are worth it, whether there is any regulatory or reputational risk when it comes to these. Now, I personally believe that, you know, looking at your payer contracts, working with, you know, your own team, that it is absolutely appropriate to do these, but it just depends on what you're calling them, what services are provided, and making sure that from a payer contract perspective, you are allowed to do that. So let's first talk about the two types of fees that we're going to discuss today. So the first is an administrative fee for services. So this typical administrative fee model basically uses a patient's insurance for covered items, but charges a fee for uncovered administrative or operational tasks. Services covered by this fee include consulting patients over the phone, faxing documents to employers, calling in prescription refills, completing forms. This fee is usually pretty small, where it ranges from $20 to $150 per patient annually. And fees can be charged either on an annual or some we see do it on like a per item basis. So that's one type of fee. The second type of fee is what's called a concierge medicine fee. Now, this differs than in the administrative fee because it is generally just a premium service. So healthcare organizations can charge significantly more for this type of access to the physician or to the practice. And so this fee is also usually charged in addition to insurance and ranges from a few hundred dollars a year to tens of thousands of dollars a year, depending on how comprehensive the coverage is. 
Now, concierge medicine often involves you know, things like same-day appointment scheduling, yearly preventative checkups, maybe your personal you know, physician's phone number, you can text them whenever, 24-7 access, you know, those sort of things. And again, I'm just explaining kind of some things that we see in, um, in, in practices. So this is an optional thing where oftentimes physicians will have this as an option for patients to subscribe to, where they get a different level of service if they're in that concierge medicine group of patients. And practices may decide, well, I just want to have a subset of patients that I do that with. And again, they're still charging their insurance for the visits and labs and whatever else. You just kind of have this above access to the practice or to the healthcare team. So like I mentioned, I'm not really going to talk about direct cash only pay practices where they're not billing insurance coverage at all. Those are also increasing in volume. And I've seen you know, success with that and, you know, to each their own in terms of if that makes sense for your subspecialty, your area, all of those things. Um, Now, there is a difference between charging patients these admin fees and these kind of concierge medical practice fees. So again, like I said, those concierge medicine fees are kind of these like boutique or retainer or VIP services. And, you know, this can be, like I said, thousands of dollars a month, but patients do have better access to the physicians. We all know that, you know, it's getting harder and harder for physicians and providers to spend as much time as we would all like, right? You know, it. we gone are the days where you can just sit and chat with your patients and spend an hour with them. And so this is another one of those ways where you can have Again, that additional access to things like same or next day appointments, telephone physician advice, review of test labs and and tests at a more comprehensive level, preventative service and counseling, or even house calls, um, certain guaranteed response times in terms of a callback, or certain monitoring of referrals and prescription requests, or email access, you know, text message access. I mean, all of these sort of things um, can all be part of that concierge medicine services. And again, many of these things are things that a practice can't really offer to everyone in a pure insurance model, especially in a busy practice, because there just really isn't enough time and care team members to be able to provide that. So this is just one option where you kind of carve out that additional level of service for a fee. Now, you're always going to have those patients, right, that are upset that that's what it takes to get that level of access, right? Some people just believe that, you know, that should be their right for a doctor at all. And, you know, I I think when we all went to medical school, there was probably this vision, especially for folks who, you know, maybe went into those patient care focused areas where you thought, gosh, maybe I could have that level of relationship with the patients. Maybe I could have that level of service. And obviously with the insurance and the way medicine is today, that's just not always available to everybody. Um, So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the pros and cons to these um, and then some potential risks that are out there with regards to charging these fees. Again, it's really important for you to read your payer contracts, understand what you are able to charge for and what you really can't charge extra for. That's part of the, the insurance coverage. So let's first talk about the pros, right? Benefits of charging these type of fees. Obviously, we all have seen, you know, healthcare more and more, you know, 
increasing costs, right? So we see that, you know, whether it's supplies or or staff pay, that there's increasing costs in order to provide care for patients. And data actually indicates that physicians spend nearly twice as much time on administrative tasks as opposed to seeing patients these days. So the advantage of some of these administrative fees is that a physician or, you know, a healthcare organization or a practice can actually be paid for that time performing services, you know, whether it's forms, like I mentioned, that they can actually provide those in an efficient manner, but also be able to get some level of reimbursement for it. Now, some of the risks of charging these fees, obviously charging fees can prevent present some legal and reputational risks, right? So if a fee doesn't offer value to the patient, the insurance company or regulator may determine that a practice is charging services already covered by insurance. Now, federal law does strictly prohibit billing for services already covered and imposes really good expensive fines for those in violation. So health insurance contracts usually have clauses to enforce this rule further. That's why it's important to look at your contracts. Now, reputation, I, you know, this is very debatable. Personally, I find that if a physician wants to offer, you know, have admin fees or concierge fees, that's up to them. And, you know, you will always find your right group of people who want to pay for that. So even if somebody kind of has a snarky response or negative response to whether or not you should be able to charging those fees, if you've decided to do that, to me, I feel like, well, that's just not the patient for us. That's just not the patient for our group, right? Like you do you. So, I personally don't think from a reputational standpoint, though there are things out there that really talk about, you know, from a reputation, does that put it at jeopardy or does that put certain patients, you know, at an unfair advantage because they can't afford that? And, you know, there's some of that stuff out there. But again, you know, unfortunately, healthcare is expensive these days. And if you can offer that to a subset of patients and provide them a different level of service, or cover some of those costs that you need to be able to run your practice, I think that's perfectly appropriate. And we do see some of our practices doing these sort of, um, most of them are doing more of the concierge fees versus like a true admin fee, though I do see some of our practices charging like small amounts for certain forms, you know, $10 here, $10 there. And those do add up. And it does help cover, you know, admin costs for your staff when they are having to do all of that stuff that's not billable. Now, charging fees to Medicare and Medicaid patients gets a little tricky, and you can, if you're charging an admin fee, it can prevent, present some significant risks because the line between what is covered and then what it isn't covered is sort of fuzzy. So charging admin fees for Medicare patients varies depending on the Medicare provider, and we'll have stuff in their contract in regards to this. Medicaid also varies by state, and the majority of states actually do ban admin fees or no-show fees or all of that stuff for Medicaid patients. And many healthcare organizations exclude charging patients with insurance that have Medicare or Medicaid because they just don't want to deal with that sort of risk. So important to really understand your Medicare Medicaid rules when it comes to these admin type fees. Now, if a practice does want to explore this, they really do need to consider a consultant or a per-practice basis to set up guidelines based on each Medicare provider or Medicaid uh, guidance. Now, many commercial payers, while they're opposed to physicians charging these types of fees, since you know many of the services for which doctors are charging is considered bundled into the CPT codes for payment of other services rendered to the patient, like you know an office visit or whatever. But it may be difficult for physicians to really discern which services are bundled and which of those are legitimately billable. 
And they should really, again, make sure that you're working with your payers to confirm which services are being denied, you know, if you are getting denials for stuff that's non-covered, and then which of those are considered to be bundled so that you determine what you can charge back to patients. Uh, and again, that's kind of getting into things like denials that you've already billed to insurance. Now, non-covered admin services may be billed, billed to the patient without implicating, you know, any of the hold harmless clauses that are out there. Whereas billing for bundled services may be considered by some payers to be considered fraudulent or double billing. So you really have to understand, okay, what am I billing for? Is it considered not covered or is it considered bundled? Not covered services can be billed to patients. Bundled services cannot be separately billable to patients outside of, you know, if you're billing to insurance already. So let's talk a little bit about how to operationalize this, right? Okay, so if you think about, you know, you've decided, okay, I need to charge some fees. Then, you know, your first kind of decision point is, am I charging admin fees, you know, small amounts of dollars or small amount, you know, for, you know, forms or little things that you're having to do that aren't covered by insurance, but do take your practice's time versus am I charging concierge fees, which is, again, that higher level of services. So deciding that, is going to be the first thing. And then, you know, confirming with your payer contracts that you're allowed to to charge, you know, those admin fees. You're not charging for any bundled CPTs. And for the concierge fees, you know, again, checking with your payer contracts, making sure that's allowed. Okay, so once you've, you've, you've double-checked your contract, you've decided, okay, these are the fees I'm going to charge. Now, how do you actually go about doing this? So obviously, patients need to be sent a letter notifying that you're implementing this sort of fee, right? So if you're doing admin fees, you got to let all your patients know, hey, we're starting this on this date. These are the fees that are going to be charged. And we're going to start, you know, in 30 to 60 days, right? Sometime in the future. Now, you can really explain what items are going to be included, what items are going to be, you know, part of your bundled service, when you bill insurance, like really delineate, okay, these are the five things I'm going to charge for, or this is the concierge service I'm going to provide, and this is what you get. Now, the concierge service is obviously, it, you know, a different, you know, ball game, right? Because that you having to market and attract patients who want that level of service. And sometimes it's actually kind of nice if, it, you know, we've seen practices do this where they send out surveys to the patients and they say, hey, you know, what would you be willing to pay to pay for X, Y, and Z services? Or what services are you missing that you'd be willing to pay for if we charged a, as sort of this admin fee type thing? So again, you really have to make sure that patients are notified up front, that they understand what's included, what's not included, that they understand that the health insurance plan is not going to cover this fee, right? They can't get, you know, a piece of paper to submit to their insurance to get reimbursement, that the patient is truly the one paying for this. And they actually can't bill their insurance, you know, carrier for this. And that, you know, and this is the same if you charge no-show fees and, you know, et cetera, because again, all of that has to be explained to patients, signed as part of a, you know, patient policy. You really just, again, want to have this very organized. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of having everything you do in your practice have a policy and procedure. So bottom line, right, we all know healthcare costs are increasing. Reimbursement is not increasing. If anything, it's going decreasing. And this just really isn't sustainable. And so this, these types of fees are out there as a silver lining, right? Physicians and practices are 
really coming up with additional ways to be able to help cover costs. You know, I, I don't think it's right for physicians to do this to like, you know, gouge patients or not have it be fair, you know, but at the same time, like, you know, you guys are the experts, right? Physicians are the experts. They're seeing their patients. And if there's a way to cover costs of whether it's certain administrative things or, you know, certain concierge level of service that maybe you can only provide to certain patients and it's a small number of folks and you have that patient population that is able to afford it and wants that level of service, then go for it. Um, you know, I think it's just you have to kind of weigh through what's your subspecialty? Does this make sense? Do my patients need additional level of service? Or is there a lot of admin service that we're not getting paid for? It's not covered. It's not bundled in our insurance pays. And how do we really just stay on top of the game? I mean, again, healthcare costs are increasing salaries, wages, benefits, uh, supplies, all the things. So now there are some states that really have policies um, that ban charging you know, certain surcharges to certain types of, of payers. So you do really want to make sure that you have looked at your state regulations, you've looked at your payer contracts, you've documented, you know, what your policy and procedure is, you have patients signing that, and make sure that all of that is buttoned up while you do start kind of adding that into your practice. Again, different ways to do this, huge fan of trying to get a consultant or somebody who really understands the rules around the payer contracts and this so that you make sure to implement it appropriately based on your state and uh, just be really in compliant. So again, options are out there. We all recognize that it's time to get creative. Physicians do need to get creative. And this is just another mechanism to do that. Again, educational podcast for stuff out there based on what we're seeing in our practices and what we're seeing as kind of trends in the marketplace. If you guys are listening to this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you can go to RevMD on Apple Podcast and leave us a review. It helps us reach more physicians and healthcare providers, and that is what we're trying to do. Educate, educate, educate. We all want to make sure that we're getting the revenue we deserve for the treatment we're providing to patients and think this is extremely critical for folks being able to stay independent and grow their practice as they would wish. And as always, we are a full-service medical billing company. We do coding, audits, full-service medical billing for practices. And if you guys are in need, reach out at info at com, and we would be excited to work with you. Uh, we've had many practices we've onboarded this year, some that are we're discovering have a 37% undercoding situation going on, right? So lost revenue there. Or we've been able to increase their net collections based on managing denials appropriately, managing AR, and just staying organized. So hope you guys have a great weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. <music>